This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, and even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the World Culture Gaming Podcast. I'm a very ill host, Scott Tilford, joined by Josh Brown. Hello, Scott Tilford. And Mr. James Douse. Hiya. Hello. Now, we thought we'd do a Elden Ring, <laughs> an Elden Ring spoiler cast type thing, um, because not that many people are talking about um, final game thoughts, like having finished the game. Obviously, a lot of people are waiting for um, various videos on the lore side of things, trying to make sense of the story and stuff. But I feel like a lot of people are still slogging through the game. Maybe they've been bested by the fire giant. Maybe they're trying to make their way to Melania. Maybe they're trying to beat that giant sludgy squid thing with a sword that represents the final boss in the game, whereas all three of us have now finally finished it. So I I thought we should have some sort of conversation about hitting credits and reflecting back on what is about 100 hours plus each um, for us in getting through Elden Ring. So I'm going to initially go to Mr. James Dowse because this was his first Souls game. And I know that you had a you had a hell of a time beating the um, Radigan or whatever that thing's called. And then the Radigan and the Elden Beast. Is it Radigan? And then um, yes. that big squishy thing afterwards. So w- w- walk us through your thoughts of the last few days, including last night when um, you did it. It's- so I'm currently 70 hours into the game, which is an exhausting 70 hours, but a fantastic <laughs> 70 hours. And I reached the final boss and stuck there for a week and then got you two to assist me. And then, Scott, you know, you did, you did what you needed help. to, Scott. But uh, Josh Brown came out with his magic, <laughs> <laughs> did it for me. And now I'm just happy again because I'm free from the Elden Ring. We should put a video online of when you guys almost had it yesterday and you were on like a millimeter about to win and then it just randomly targeted you instead and one-shotted you. (laughs) I I screamed into a pillow. You did. You could hear you go, and it was just like, yeah, we've all been there. Um, But no, it was an incredible journey. But now that I've finished it, I'm now going on to the side bosses and stuff. Mm -hmm. And it just turns out this game never ends. It really (laughs) is. It is the Breath of the Wild 2 that everybody wanted. And here we are. I really enjoyed it. So as your, as your f- first Souls game, do you feel like you get it? Like you get the, the reason that people sort of freak out about Souls stuff? Because you were messaging me this morning going like, it was a living hell until it wasn't. And then you were like, that was great. That was an insane feeling. But like, it does put you through the ringer together. Yeah, I, I kind of want to try out all of the other ones in the series now. Whether or not I will go straight into them, because I know you, Josh Brown, are going straight into Dark Souls 2 now. <laughs> for some reason (laughs) i just want to break from this entire series just for a few years i don't know let me get through this final boss so i can delete it and never look at it again but i don't know know in a good way in an absolutely good way because i'll I'll miss it but (laughs) i just want to go away from it it's a a hell of a thing yeah josh you went from the end of elden ring straight into dark souls 2 
Well, this is the thing. Like, you opened this podcast by saying that we've all finished and beaten the game, which I take <laughs> with. I am still in denial. I finished. I finished it. You know, got the full completion. Did the side bosses, all of that stuff. And mm-hmm. um, like last, uh, like a, a week on Sunday, and then I went into new game the new game plus and i finished that and then i went into new game plus plus and i finished that and then i went into dark souls 2 and i finished that from software can just get in my veins because i can't get enough <laughs> of this formula at the moment and it's crazy to me that i played 120 hours of elden ring you know did everything that i could find and still you know wanted more was not well i was satisfied but yeah. i wasn't full of it i wasn't sick of it like that game could have gone up a thousand hours and i think i would have uh you know just continued to enjoy it it's funny when Dow said there that you know you finish the game on 70 hours i remember hitting a point where i was 60 hours in and i had done all of the southern part of the map i had done up to the point where you go into the lift to get to um, the atlas plateau and i remember thinking i was hitting the end then i was like i'm 60 hours in i'm level 100 uh i feel like i've almost done everything i'm going to get onto the end game and there was another 60 hours on top of that and i just that blew my mind and i couldn't believe that for me it sustained the quality for that long like i just See, can't believe that i'm still wanting this game i do want to have a conversation about the way that for me it's not that it necessarily overstays its welcome but i feel like they run out of ways to make it engaging overall like like there's a thing towards the end where i feel like and it's funny because like so much of what i'm about to say can be mitigated by just spending more time in the game elsewhere but i feel like if you're if you're trying to balance like side stuff and main stuff and you're trying to chase down like the main like quote-unquote story missions or whatever you're following like that main thread of where the bonfires are largely pushing you towards um, and you end up in the main city and you end up in the fire the the big uh you know place where the giants are and you're getting the flame and you're burning the tree and you're trying to finish the game then i feel like way too much of that back sort of 20 ish hours for me relies way too much on one shot kills and way too much on mm-hmm. um just punishing you in that specific way and the boss fights for me don't get varied enough and it's just it's a lot of just you know someone's going to crouch and do an area of effect attack they're going to do a lot of splash damage stuff you're going to get caught by it because the hitboxes are all over the place and a lot of it just started to feel quite cheap. And I was like, I loved that before then they were incentivizing you to go explore the world in, in regards to the way the side quests were playing out, the way the running stuff was, um, or the way that, you know, you you were always being more rewarded for exploring stuff. But I feel like after you've done the majority of that exploration, you just want to crack on. Like I've only got like two or three optional areas. I only had those areas left after I finished it. And I felt like they relied too much on, we're just going to stomp you. We're just going to one shot you. And this is the only way we can think of to incentivize you to go do something else. And that was just, that got a bit draining where I was just like, I've, I'm 70 hours in. I would love to do these last few missions or what feels like the story coming to a close. Rani stuff is done, whatever. Um, and then it was just like one shots, one shots, one shots. Like the fire giant took me like 30 tries or something. Um, and I do, it's weird. Cause I, I, I also appreciate the fact that if you do go and spend another 40, 50 hours doing stuff like you did, Josh, then you had way like an easier time. You had a more, not necessarily easier, but you know, you could actually hang with that boss. You weren't getting one shot. You were able to hang with it. And it rewarded you for doing more stuff. Like I was always constantly aware that I think you're about 40, 50 hours ahead of me. Like I was on the final boss 70 hours in and I was like, and, and, and the fire giant and stuff. And I was like, well, maybe I should have just done more, but I feel like the game doesn't constantly incentivize you to do more. And then when it needs you to, it can only thwomp you into the ground and hope that you get it. 
Yeah, it's 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 hard to sum up, man, because I feel like all three of us are going to have completely different experiences of playing this game. Like mine mm. was, like you mentioned, that you know, vastly different to yours. Like I felt incentivized to do all of the side stuff, so I was approaching bosses like you know the flame giant and what have you, mm. uh, like at, at a level where I could like you know take him on, and I beat the that guy like the second go. You know what I mean? Like I didn't have good lord, did you? Block I think of, you told me that. Yeah, like. It's 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 funny because like I'm sure we're all gonna have bosses where I go, hey, I beat that guy two goes in, and you took thirty goes, or I'm like, <laughs> this guy took me thirty goes, and you're like, I beat him two goes in. You know what I mean? Like, the, the, for me, that's a example of the boss variety being good because mm. we all have like strengths and weaknesses with this game. Some of us can take the splash damage and you know learn that. Some of us can't take the jewels, for instance. You know, mm. and the, the, I think the bosses you know weave between those different states quite well. But yeah, ultimately, uh, for me, I was always incentivized to explore, so I was drinking it all in and you know you mentioned there the um you know like the the light that sends you to your main objectives mm. i couldn't I, I did not look at those at all i got, <laughs> I got to the main objective when i stumbled on the main objective it was just really? because i was searching everything like I, I was never following those um pathways you know what i mean in, so in that, that way is interesting in regards to like how what's your mindset as you approach a game because i'm always like i will do a bit of the main stuff and i'll do a bit of the side stuff and everything kind of complements each other but at some point i i want to see the story through or whatever the old classing even mm. remotely as the main thread i want to see that through and then i'll mock the rest of it up just for my own i don't know what that is but i i like getting that stuff out the way and then i'll, I'll more comfortably take in the rest of it it doesn't feel like a constant to-do list that needs to be ticked off but that was what's your thoughts on on that stuff when I got to the uh, mountaintop area, I realized that that was the point where I just stopped fully exploring. I just wanted to get it done at that point. Like when I was in the southern areas and stuff, I really was desperate to go into that cave, that cave. But once I got to the mountains, I just wanted to defeat the iron giant or whatever it was called, fire giant. <laughs> then to the next one. And I just wanted to get it done and then be like, I am now free. And now I'll explore because I am exploring now that I've finished it. Mm. But that that final road to the end, I just wanted to rinse through it. And that's unfortunately where I had to be like, how does the guide suggest that I do this? Because mm -hmm. I was just like the uh, beast clergyman. I had to look at what that thing's name was. That was the worst boss in the world. That took so long. Was it you as well, Josh? Struggle with that one. It took me a long. His second yeah. phase just rinsed me for a long, long I time. I did that man. second time, but it was with one summon. That's yeah. that's gonna be my but caveat. It's, it's always going to be, I did that because like the final boss first time with one summon, the uh, Melania first, uh, second time with one guy. But yeah. Uh -huh. I just realized that I wasn't having as much fun as I could have done without being assisted in a way because mm -hmm. I was doing it on my own. I was just like, I'm just getting rinsed every single time. And it just stopped. It got to the point where I was like punching pillows. I was just like, this is not entertainment <laughs> for me. I was just, I was just, I just didn't want to do it anymore. Mm -hmm. And then I did it and then it was fun, but it wasn't as satisfying because I'd been assisted. Do you know what I mean? It's a weird, that's the souls games, isn't it? I guess. Is that what it is? <laughs> yes, it is. We should, we should talk about that stuff because although Josh, you raised your hand a little bit there when Dallas was saying something. I was just going to say, um, I, I I do get wanting to rush through those end areas, not just because obviously you've spent 60 hours, 50 hours, you know, getting to that point, you kind of just feel like it, you want it to be over. But I do think in a similar way to the first Dark Souls, those final areas, especially exploring them, um, isn't 
they, they aren't as well designed as the previous ones. It does no. feel in a way, not that they run out of time, but the care and attention definitely went to, you know, those earlier le- levels, whether it's like Lernia, whether it's uh, Kaelin or what have you. Mm-hmm. When I got to like the snowy mountaintop areas, whether it was on the run up to Melania's dungeons or whether you're going to the fire giant, I was just kind of thinking like, these are interesting and cool, but they, they, they were, they were blander than there's the less other there. areas, like there's, I think. There's less to pick up on. Like when I started like um, going back to um, the earlier areas, I, I genuinely like love the southwest of the map the most. Like I really don't like Kaelid. I just think it's a just a minging like poison swampy place. And I know Miyazaki loves his poison swamps, but I just I can't stand that place. I was just like I'm just getting hit by dragons and we- those weird dinosaur dogs and everything. And that place I just didn't enjoy that place at all. And so like and then when you get up to the snow bit, like you said, for me there's just there's just not enough there. And then what you do find is like oh there's another duplicate of a boss or there's another like weird puzzle that you've got to do to try and get to the next area. I just, for me, I had the most fun with Elden Ring's open world design in the western side of the map and especially the southwest, like the just the general look of that whole thing. Um, but yeah, it's it's a hard line for them to walk. Like, and so it was like, because you mentioned that you didn't follow the bonfire stuff, which only paid off really, because then you you like you had a way better build by the time you got to the final stuff. Um, whereas I think me and Dallas ended up being like, because you said like rush through the final levels. I wasn't necessarily rushing, but I do. I was just like okay but just be done like you are dragging this out and it didn't feel like it justified itself after the after the 70 hour mark after giving me like (laughs) so much time beforehand I, I, where I fall down on it is that I will concede that there are some areas in that final stretch that aren't as well designed, don't seem to have had the same care or attention to detail that the earlier areas have. But I, I think about it as a whole, and some of my favorite areas were still from that final push, you know, the mm. Halleck tree going into Melania's dungeon, you know, her big fortress. I, I love Looks that. Incredible. I love the final stretch in the Lindell capital. I love it when you finally get to the uh, fire giant and you get to like the big cauldron and stuff like that stuff mm. was there really neat there were some really memorable moments in there you know the very last proper level you know the crumbling farum zula or something you know where all the dragons are and there's tornadoes and stuff like i caught a glimpse of that about 20 hours in by warping there and i spent the next 100 hours just waiting for that to reappear and when it did at the final uh hurdle i just thought like this is this is awesome i can't like that was a moment where i was just thinking like this is game of the year this is a game that i love because how have you had 120 hours of content and you're still pulling out things as memorable as that you know crumbling city in the sky i just thought that was so neat i did i hit the map button and then realizing where that was and i was like oh this is so cool that you're just off to the side of the map the whole time this that was always there on the map but we never knew like oh, i never knew what it was um i was ready for it to be done at that point where like when it spat me out in that crumbling azula thing i was like oh my god just i've just burned the tree like this is clearly what you just that's the last thing and then the dragon flew in i was like no i'm not doing that like just 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 wrap up but i mean yeah like it's there's nothing worse than being in that mindset where you you think you're ready to finish a game and the game's like no we've got way more for you and that's a weird space to be in but yeah and i I totally get as well because i i had that with sekiro like when i Mm. got to the final few hours of sekiro i hit a point where i was like oh you're indicating you're wrapping up and then it had another eight hours or so and i was i was in that mentality so i totally get being in that and how it feels to be kind of thinking it's going to end and then hitting that mental hurdle and being like right well i've come to terms with the fact that this is ending but it's not and i can't get out of that yeah i I think that's maybe Sekiro. Sorry, I think that's maybe like where me and uh, and Dallas maybe got to. But we should talk about story stuff because I think that they 
they walk a weird line between old school Soulsian storytelling and they bring in obviously George Martin's wider sort of familial stuff that he has from his books and from Game of Thrones. And you get this, you get this law that you can pick up on in terms of the family trees and all the different stuff that's happening with the different factions and who broke off from who and who cheated on who with who and why the stars were stopped because Radan uh, couldn't deal with being left alone and everything. And like, there's all that stuff. But for me, I wanted them to go further with that. I thought Sekiro was a hell of a step forward for storytelling from a FromSoft game. And it was more um, mainstream, to put a word on it, in terms of we now have cutscenes. We have different characters that are interacting with each other. And, you, and you, it's the way that they told their story in Sekiro was way more straightforward. Um, I guess, Dows first, where did you come down on the story lore stuff? Did you find yourself caring at all? Because I can barely tell you what it's about, honestly, at this hmm. point. No, I was having a short discussion with you yesterday about it mm-hmm. where I feel like the audience is somewhat split into where there is the people who care absolutely about the story because it is a great story. But then there's my side who don't care. Like all I wanted to <laughs> do was defeat the boss, next one, next one. And then the cool cutscenes, incredible. But I personally just didn't care until I watched one of these YouTube videos mm-hmm. and it just said, here is the entire law. I'm like, oh, why have I missed the entirety of this from not caring? You're, you're not a so cutscene skipping person. Like, it's not that you don't care. No, about I'm not. Stories. No, but it's just, I was just like, Melania, 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 Melania. Like, who are these people? I don't know. They're all the same name at this point. They all merge. Radagon, this, Radagon. And there's so many names thrown at me. Maybe I'm just an idiot. Who knows? But it just didn't, <laughs> I just couldn't pay attention. I don't know if that's me getting older with games. That My mind just doesn't focus on them. And I just rather just pick up, play, defeat a boss, turn it off. I don't um, think they do themselves many favors by naming or like there's the three families or whatever. And they're all yeah. G names, R names or M names. Yes. That's, that's yeah. very like, I am Melania, the blade of McKellar. Like, it's just like, okay. Yeah. Like, that doesn't really. Um, but the people, my friends uh, outside of work who have played this, they have not either paid attention to the story. They just play it to get through it. Mm. And I don't know. I'm not sure. Cause obviously you two really like care about the story and stuff and props to you, but I just haven't paid attention, which is my own fault. But yeah. it's, it, it's like, I, I, I do. And I don't, you know, uh, if I look at the stories of all of the, from games, uh, there's only like Bloodborne that I've really, really cared about uh, digging into the lore of, you know, in a, in, a, in a really big way. It's funny that you mentioned Sekiro because obviously that was, you know, this push towards more straightforward storytelling with cutscenes and character acts and, you mm. know, things happening that you can't miss because they're happening right in front of you. And while that is definitely true, Sekiro is also the story I remember the least, which is right. weird considering <laughs> that was the story that was like, you know, really told to you. And it's for me, the least memorable one. I remember Dark Souls more than I remember that, like the lore of it, mm. the mythology. This to me struck a balance between Dark Souls and Sekiro where it was more authored than the Souls games previously, uh, but it still, you know, was there for you to find and it was there for you to investigate if you wanted to. Uh, you mentioned at the beginning, Scott, you know, how you at some point just want to see the story through. Mm. And to me, that's never been the hook of these games. For me, no, like, the story not. is all, always extra. And the way that I approach them is similar to James Dows, where, you know, I just, for me, the focus is on clearing areas, uh, you know, getting to know the characters in that area and then moving on. It's not really kind of being like, oh, I'm, I need to go burn the tree now. That's what I desperately need to do, if that makes no. sense. It, yeah, it, yeah, it does. And it's like, it's when I say see the story through, it's just like, what have you guys, like I said before, it's like, what have you guys prepared that is the main swath of this game? And like, how much is ancillary? How much is side? And I get that one of the biggest things to praise about this game is that everything is important, but I think that you're still signposting certain things um, as the main thread, like certain things produce cutscenes and some things don't, and certain things um, duplicate bosses, certain dungeons, like, you know, there's, there, there is side content, there is main content, 
and like there's a way to split those things so they haven't fully homogenized those things but like it is yeah in terms of the story stuff i agree it's not the hook at all i do think there's a worthwhile distinction to be made that um on story versus narrative and plot beats versus wider lore because i'm massively there for the lore and the mythology but i i couldn't tell you what the actual plot beats of dark souls are i don't really think there are that many like the, to, some, to some degree the beauty of these games is getting lost in a lore and a mythology and like that's the thing that's the line that they try to walk sakira was like here's a literal story here are plot beats here's a flashback here's what happened with the wolf and this is why he's off against the um, the invasion of ashina and all that kind of stuff whereas in uh, elden ring and the souls games and bloodborne for me i couldn't tell you what was happening in them they're just there's there's lore there's mythology to dive into but i have to go look at a youtube video or i have to read the item descriptions and again i know that's one of the biggest positives but they've they walked they stepped more they put more of a, a toes into the story pools with Sekiro and I kind of wanted that more in Elden Ring because it does give me a drive to keep going in a way that raw gameplay just raw gameplay sometimes can't um, and I kind of just I just wanted a bit more you've got George Martin there you've got all this potential um, but I didn't care about why I was on the way to the giant tree I didn't care I, I still don't really care about the golden order in the Elden Ring I barely know what it is I barely even know if the Elden Ring's an actual ring or what it is, like you know. So it's stuff like that where I was like, I could have done with a little bit more, and they give you a little bit in the opening cutscene, but that's kind of it. And so yeah, um, for me, it, it's that split of story versus versus narrative, and some of it's gameplay based in terms of my my wants and whims and stuff. But yeah, I guess when you come out the other end of it, like on the other end, as the credits were rolling, like Dallas, did you feel satisfied in a narrative sense, or was it just entirely like I've beaten this thing? I am glad I've beaten this thing. Yeah, it was exactly that. Like massive spoiler, but. At the end, when you uh, sat on the throne, I was like, okay, okay, <laughs> now what? <laughs> now do I go back into the actual game again? Because I wasn't sure how the new game plus actually worked. And kind of, um, we should talk did about it endings like, as well. Sorry, carry on. But just after on. that, we no, should about the endings we got. Okay. Um, it was just a case of I'd done it. I was happy with it. I just wanted to carry on now and defeat more bosses. Um, and once again, I'm sure to a lot of people that was a cool ending. Mm. But to me, I didn't really pay attention. <laughs> Josh thoughts um, I, I mean I went back and did every ending so, right. <laughs> so for me it was like something I was invested in but that, that um, first like, time like, through though were you like I, I'm going to go to this tree because I need to uh, you know save the family or I, I'm fighting Radan because and I want to like free him from the turmoil of the mental state that he's in like I did you have those literal story beats or like character beats or is it more just the appeal of the wider mythology yeah, it was it was the mythology, you know. Mm. It was I, I I really appreciated understanding the bosses and why I was fighting them. But yeah, like like I said, you know, these games have never worked for me in that storytelling mm. level, and I don't think I think they're built in a way to to not even work on that level. They're built for wikis and they're built for people yeah. to talk mm. about. I think for me, these games work more on a thematic level and a kind of almost allegorical level than they do an actual plot by plot. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? 
helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This podcast is brought to you by Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it just makes hiring all in one place so easy because you just get unparalleled access to job seekers. Plus, listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash WCG. Just go to Indeed.com slash WCG right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash WCG. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, play out of the story. But that said, you know, I still think it was populated with enough interesting characters that I wanted to do their storylines. And, you know, I got the option for a lot of different endings by pursuing those threads and kind of aligning myself with different people, different factions, or deciding um, where to go with that. I eventually went for the, I think it's the Age of Stars ending, and then I went back because I really wanted to figure out what the Frenzied Flame ending was, which is just like total chaos, uh, which was really uh, cool to unlock. There's a Loathsome Dung Eater ending as well, which I've not managed to get, but... (laughs) Go on. The, the dummy is a little freak man. Like he's a little weirdo, <laughs> defiles all the corpses. He killed one of my best mates in this. Did you no guys way. meet the dude who um, sells you prawns? Uh, yeah. He's in like the, the lake at the beginning, right? You find this dude, uh, you need to get like a ring off him or something. And he's like, sells you prawns. And later on, you find him again. And he's like, all right, pal, how are you doing? Do you want some more prawns? And I was like, hell, hell yeah, I do. And then the guy's like, hey. You better be watching out for that dung eater. I saw him once and he was up to no good. And then if you do the dung eater's quest and you kind of like side with him, you'll go back and the dung eater's killed him and cursed him and defiled him. And it's like, holy crap, what's going That's on insane. There? I'll tell you who killed one of my best mates. You, you killed Blythe. And I couldn't, I never <laughs> found him after that. I was trying to do that whole side thing with Bly, the wolf man. And then I, I was hanging out at the festival with him. We beat Radan together and then he just gone. No clue. Well, this is it. <laughs> this is the tragedy of Blind Man because he gets trapped um, by, I think it's Iggy. Uh, Iggy's the, the blacksmith. blacksmith, yeah. Yeah. He traps him in a jail for his own good because he knows he's going to go mad. And I was like, he's my boy. I've got yeah. to free him. So I freed him from the jail. And then, lo and behold, he did go mad and try to kill me. So oh, I thought self-defense. you chose to kill him. Uh, well, I, I suppose I did because mm. I freed him. I thought because you said when we talked about it weeks ago, you were like, "Oh, he's got a cool bit of armor and a cool blade," so I killed him. And I was like, "Oh, you just turned around and hit him!" Like I thought that was a that was truthfully a tactical way to (laughs) avoid spoiling it for you because I realized I'd stepped in it by saying that I had his armor, and then I was like, "I can't 
like let you know yeah. this is part of a quest. So I was like, I just killed him, yeah. but I did. That's die. that's interesting though because in my save, uh, me and Blyde were, were good pals, and he's like, we'll do the festival, do whatever. He then disappeared. I couldn't find him anymore. Eg is still my one and only blacksmith. I don't know about you guys in terms of merchants that you went to when you needed upgrades and stuff, but I was always going back to Eg to get my um, armaments strengthened. Uh, that mm-hmm. was the person I always used. So he never changed, even after the end game and everything. He's always just sat there do- doing stuff outside yeah. the castle to the northwest. Like that never changed for me. This is it, man. This is why we had completely different experiences. Like, mm-hmm. for one, I always went to the blacksmith in the round table hall. Like, he was my boy. Too, yeah. And uh, when Rani's quest was finished, um, for me, Iggy actually died. Like, he just he's, yeah. he, he dies, you go see him, and then you pick up his, um, his like, shop bell so you can take it back to the uh, mm. to the old lady in the round table hall. That's but yeah, cool. he was there. Uh, he was gone. See, I was because I didn't know about the merchants. I didn't realize that they didn't respawn. Uh, so I killed the first the one again, James. House. Yeah, I did. So I killed <laughs> the first one, and then I was just like, "Oh no, I can't now go to that." But I got the bell, took it to the um, the, the what's it the called? The thing in the husks. the maiden thing. And I was just like, "I might as well just kill them all." So all of the merchants are in one place. Why are you killing all the so, merchants? Because then there was all in one place. I didn't have to go around the map anymore. <laughs> I think that's smart. That's good, I wish yeah. I thought that the first time around because yeah. before they added on the, um, you know, like the markers that show you where NPCs are, before mm-hmm. that update came out, I was forgetting where every single merchant in that game was. I had right. no clue. So that's smart, man. I, I respect that. that yeah, that makes sense. I guess thirsty. for like for a yes. first... Yes. Like for a first game, I wouldn't have taken that big of a risk because I would have thought I did that in Souls One where I killed someone and then couldn't get an item that I that they sold or something. But um, we should quickly touch on our endings because I the one that I got was the Rani ending because that was the, the one and only side quest that I sort of saw through and that felt like it had any real anything to it really um, in terms of her wanting to um, get her power back all the stuff with Blyde and Iggy and everything. So I did. I finished her thing. I had to look up a guide in terms of where to go. I don't know if anyone ever knows where to go um, without that. But um, I ended up getting the, um, yeah, like going to get this upgradable thing and then finish off her quest. And that was what led me to the um, final, like the ending that you get where she, I think she becomes your bride or something. She sort of like the fact the community is taking it that way. I just thought it to be, we're friends. But like, it seems like you and her rule the galaxy together or whatever the hell it is at the end of that thing. But Josh, did you get the same thing first time through? Yes, that one. That's the one I went for. I thought her quest was just like, so cool and like mm. so like nicely fleshed out like you said it got a little obtuse towards the end especially when you have to figure out where blyde's gone if you mm-hmm. want to you know pursue that but yeah i just thought that was neat i liked anything where it's like the age of stars i think oh that's very cool and also it leads <laughs> you to like some of the best boss battles i thought you know mm-hmm. the um astral you know thingy of the stars the big kind of monstrous bug thing yes the weird monstrous bug that you fight in something that looks like the cosmos i thought that was like it was very bloodborne which is Mm. why i wanted to pursue that one so yeah i went for the exact same one Mm -hmm. james that was what isn't it incredible that i've put 70 hours since this game and i have no clue what i for you two are on about like (laughs) (laughs) that's how big this game is (laughs) did you meet ronnie the little the little witch little blue witch with the hat on and she's like sitting to the north the northwest she's past the you know the castle with the hand spider and if you go like north yes. past there, uh, Rani's like in one yeah. of the towers. That's where she yes, is. Yes, I started that quest last night. Right. Oh, God. Okay. Um, yeah. But I, um, I'm assuming if I then do the boss again after I've done that, it will give me a different ending. Is that how it works? I think Josh, it does. Any? I think it is. Yeah. Like, unless you do a new right. game plus, I, I think as, as long as you can complete the quest lines, because some quest lines right. do have like point you know returns that you can't finish them after you uh, burn the tree, for instance. But I imagine mm-hmm. that if you, if you follow that quest line through, you'll get that option when you mm-hmm. beat the right. Elven Beast again. 
Because then, yeah. what was your ending, Dallas? Just that you, your guy just sat on the throne. I thought that was the only ending <laughs> until yeah. you said well, all I guess you wouldn't know it. Like, that's the thing. And look at the trophy list; it has a list of other stuff. Yeah, but, um, no, I'm yeah, going I through the trophies now, and then seeing all of these bosses, I'm like, how do I, how do I find these? And then that's <laughs> when I have to look at guides and whatever. Yeah, I'm terrible. True. I am terrible. No, no, uh, I think, I mean, yeah. honestly, like the game, like the series, whatever, massively promotes community, massively promotes, literally, mm-hmm. the next thing I was going to talk about was summoning, um, because uh, summoning in Souls games has this holist connotation with it, of like, oh, you couldn't beat it without summoning, oh, you look weak, weakling, and I'm just like, that was how I lived for the last decade, like for the vast majority, especially Dark Souls, did all Dark Souls 1 without summoning, so I was like, oh no, I need to like prove it to the world that I can do this, and it was horrible, it was absolutely the worst thing ever, I honestly didn't smile, worst thing I've ever thought, I hated it. And um, yeah, Dark Souls 2, about halfway through Dark Souls 2, I started summoning, but I still largely minimized it. I was always like, I'll do this myself. And in Elden Ring, um, the only, like the vast majority, well, like, yeah, I think the majority of bosses I summon for, but I would always give it a shot a couple of times, have a, have a bit of a go, see what moves I can learn, see what animations I can learn. If it feels like BS, I'll start summoning things in. However, there were some bosses where people's summon signs just weren't there. The uh, the twin gargoyles, I had to like learn them, fight them myself. The fire giant, I had to do that myself. Um, and so there are, there are things that stand out that were just like, I had to just go do it myself, but I don't know if it's a decade of playing these games that just makes me go, nah, I'm summoning. I don't care. Um, but also my best memories of this game were with summons. Um, it was beating Radam with a guy called Long John and a big torch. And we were both doing the torture mode as we were beating him. Um, things like that. It's, it's beating Melania with one of the summon and trading her aggro back and forward and learning those animations, learning those dodges, and then someone else taking the aggro for a bit so you can breathe. And then you saving them and you bringing them back on you. I love all those rhythms of summoning gameplay. And I know they're not for everyone, um, but I feel like they're an even bigger part of Elden Ring. And, and Radan is the nearest thing to a raid boss they've ever made in terms of the size of him and, and that kind of stuff. So um, I guess, Josh, what's your thoughts on, on summoning stuff? I think summoning makes these games just like objectively better because it, it allows yeah, people it to have differently ex- different experiences and it allows people to get help if you know they can't be a boss. There's a big butt coming though. They're just <laughs> it's just it's not the way I like to play it. And mm. it's because um, you know, for me, like the satisfaction comes from, you know, learning the animations, not saying that you don't do that with summons, but it comes from like learning the animations and feeling like I've done it with the uh, tools at my disposal. Mm. It's for instance when I was in university, I loathed group projects because I just want to do everything. And it's not because I thought I was the best. I just have to accept that it's, I want it to be my responsibility. So if that it fails, it's on me. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I don't have mean. anyone else to blame. So if I you know, summon someone else and they get killed, I'm like, it's your fault. You know, you, you made me <laughs> fail here. I like- um, but, sorry, I just want to, little- uh, but what I love about this game is that you get the summoning experience without having to rely on real dumb people. Like you can use your own summons, which yes. I used a lot. Like I shamelessly, you know, leveled all of those up, got my own guys in. And like I said, that felt like more of my own tool set and like something that I was deploying rather mm. than getting a rogue element in to, you know, just bleed the boss to death. It still felt like I was, you know, being a little bit tactical and using my own wits to defeat the boss ultimately in a way that I enjoy a little bit more than summoning real people in. Oh, for me, it's like you call them rogue elements. That's the best thing about it. Like, I love when people come in and you see that insane get up. Like, oh my God, what the hell weapon is that? What the hat have you got on? Where is that from? And everyone just bows to each other or does some stupid emote. And then you all charge in. Like, I, I love that energy so much. I, when, when I, me, oh, sorry, Josh. Go. No, no, go on, James. 
I was going to say when me and you were playing yesterday, uh, Scott, and then like yeah. Mr. Cheese would come in and Mr. <laughs> Mr. Pooh would come in Mr. and we'd play Pooh. with him. Like, that was the greatest. That was kind of right was smiling. Doing laps around each other, waiting before the boss yeah. and everything. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> as you were saying with the uh, summoning then, like last night, Josh, I'm not just saying it because you're here right now, but like <laughs> I screamed so happy. Like, I was so happy. And that was like the happiest moment of this game, like defeating a boss with you or whatever or with anybody. And it just, I really enjoy the summons and I think yep. the multiplayer element is very good even though it's not the best implemented because waiting yeah, on those the, golden yeah. slabs took forever. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's one thing they really need to fix or take a look at is the way that the summon signs are prioritized. I don't know if they need to put some other filters in place um, to make sure that we're not, like if you're waiting for a summon before Radan or waiting for a summon before um, that one of the final boss, um, they get taken so fast. Like as soon as you see something on the ground, it's taken. It's like summoning, unable to summon, summoning, unable to summon. And you just have to wait for the next batch to come in and come in and come in. And um, and you can't take ages. Like if, you, if you're just like, I don't want to fight this thing solo. I just want to have a go with someone else. Um, that can take ages freeing up um, anyone to help you at all. And you're kind of just stood there waiting. And the game is telling you, go give it a shot yourself. Go maybe summon into someone else's game and help them do it. Or at least learn the boss that way. Um, but that stuff isn't really that clear. And I, I like it's one of those things where you just you can end up just seeing the unable to summon thing over and over and over for far too long. I will say this, and I've um, raged at you two, you know, outside of this podcast about this before, but I, when I was doing New Game Plus Plus and I was fighting the final boss, I was just, you know, I was underleveled because I was literally speedrunning it for the trophies. And I was just thinking, like, I want to do the boss. So I was summoning two people in every time for right. it. But the way the game caps your level to balance it so you don't get someone in who's massively overleveled and just rinses the boss meant that in that final boss, like, I was just doing no damage on my own and mm. I needed the other two people to stay alive to succeed which meant that i was wasting so much time you know say defeating the first stage having one guy die and then another guy die as soon as we spawned into the elden beast that i was just game over then you know because mm. i literally couldn't do enough damage uh to defeat the boss with my skill set because i was literally chipping you know incremental damage you know yeah. it was a battle of attrition and that kind of sucked the joy out for me where i eventually just had to go like i'll do it myself like i do more damage on my own and then, um, well, that was my know, thing with the uh, the fire giant because the place where you would summon, there's two entrances to that boss. So it's like, well, I'm 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 at one of them. There's no summon signs. I see one pop up on the other side of the area, so I run all the way around, and then it's unable to summon because someone else has got them by then. Uh, rinse, repeat for far too long to the stage where I was like, I'm just gonna have to beat this thing uh, myself. And then you know, cut to a smash cut to a montage of 20, 30 tries or something on that boss. Um, but I think when it works, because um, I like at the very very beginning, I found the ever goal, the underground. Uh, Nocron, or the other goal is Nocron, whatever that like other place that exists below um, the main map. And I found that in the first like 10 minutes. And a lot of people didn't get that for, for hours and hours and hours. But I just happened to um, put the call out for anyone who needs a, a helping hand or whatever. And I turned up in this place. Um, and I was just me and two other people just dungeon crawled for like two hours. Uh, and we're all, all emoting together. We're finding all this really cool gear. All that stuff just happened. And it was so dynamic and random um, that that was one of the best things I ever found in the game. So I absolutely loved it. So to close things out, um, and obviously we'll be talking about Elden Ring for the rest of the year, the rest of our time on this earth. Um, we should talk about some boss stuff because Souls games are always known for their bosses. Um, there are some favorite ones, some ones that people hated fighting. Um, obviously, Mr. James Dallas, yours would be probably the final boss as your most hated. Um, but <laughs> yes, <laughs> uh, Josh, you were mentioning that you wanted to shout some stuff out. I don't know if you want to go best or worst, but the floor's yours. Ooh, best or worst. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Uh, worst 
for the longest time were those yep. crystal boys, you know, the ones that you have to kind of like break their arm before, before you like actually yes. get a chance to wreck them. Those okay. gave me so much grief just because one was fine, two were fine. When they start throwing <laughs> three of them at me at a time, I just uh-huh. thought these guys are rinsing me to death. Um, I thought the bosses overall were just generally, generally really good. I mm. liked the balance, like I said before, between the dueling ones, between the monsters, between the big spectacle things like Radan or the big snake boy, Rickard. I think he's called right Yeah, one of the two. Um, I think my favorite though was actually the one that caused me the most trouble, and that was the uh, clergy beast who transforms into Malakith, the first blade or the black yes. blade or whatever he's called. Like that was a to me a classic Dark Souls boss in that it absolutely beat the piss out of me for so long. <laughs> it had so many things that I thought were overpowered and were unfair, but. Once I understood them and beat him, he went down like a chump and I thought I'd actually learned something there. You know, it was a kind of moment of satisfaction of I've bested you in every possible way. You have no tricks left, old man. God, if you did so that thing without uh, ones, yeah. summons, that's a hell of a feat. Because I I was I summoned two people. I fought that thing once. And I think I got down to I, every single boss fight in this. When I went in the first time, I would get it down to the last quarter of the health and then it would do something that would just catch me. And I was just like, I was so, I was there and I and I had it and you would just let me have it. And then I'll be like, nah, I'm summoning the boys in and me and two randoms are going to take you out and do some stupid emote over your corpse because I can't do this again. But um, that was the same thing with that thing where I was like, oh, I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. And then even on the second phase and then no, just a thing, just a big <laughs> stupid plunge into the ground and everything blows up one of them but um yeah miss james Dow's best and worst uh i'd agree with josh with rykard being probably my favorite is it rykard the snake Great man spectacle fight yes. yeah yeah yeah. Yes. yeah outstanding like the entire boss arena was like a spectacle in itself it was beautiful and then the weapon that you get with a wind mm-hmm. sword thing i'm doing hand gestures as though the audience i'll, can I'll see. tell a very quick um, stupid thing here which was very me i got i picked up that weapon i don't think i told you josh i think i think i told you Dobbs. I picked up that weapon and I was like, oh, this is a starter weapon. It's like, it's going to need to be smithed. So I left the, I left the arena immediately. <laughs> and then I went to um, get it all smithed and stuff. And I spent all the stones getting a plus 10, whatever. And then when I fought Rykard, I ran in with my little sword. Cause it's a sword, isn't it? It's not a big long yeah. thing. So I ran in and I just took myself in the lava and I had a, had a fire talisman. <laughs> on, and I was just in the lava, just burning. Cause it, you get hit every few seconds. I was just getting hit. And I was like trying to hit him with a sword. And I, that was it. That was that fight for me. And I didn't realize that you're actually supposed to be standing away and, and like, you know, jousting him, let's say, because you have a big, long weapon. Once I realized that, I was like, this is one of the best fights in the game. Not a clue that it was a longer thing. It's a sword. <laughs> it's not a spear. So, yeah. Anyway, carry on. Um, and then God's, uh, what is it? God's Skin Duo. Oh, I oh, really yes. enjoyed that one for some reason. Really? Um, I don't know why, because I hated um, the big one on its own. Do you yes. know when you do that in the volcano the manner, I couldn't stand that uh, one. But when it's those two together, because obviously you'd leveled up quite a fair amount by those two, you kill them both and then they respawn and whatever. And that was probably one of the last ones before the final boss where I jumped for joy when I'd actually done it. Because um, <laughs> it was just so much fun. It really mm. was fun. Um, as ones I'd hate, probably the... Um, was it the tree? Do you know the first thing that you ever see? The tree sentinel? The tree sentinel, yeah. Yes. I hated that one. It's just, <laughs> it's just not fun. You just run around on your horse trying to swipe it, then run, then back, swipe. Yeah. Well, 
yeah. one of my I agree, James, but one of my like worst ones of that boss. That doesn't make any sense. No grammatical <laughs> sense. That was terrible. <laughs> one of the worst sentences anyone's ever said. Uh, right before the uh, yeah the, the 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 beast clergyman fight. You know, there's that tree sentinel guarding the fog door. Yes, and you can't fight him on um your horse. You have to just mm. fight him on foot, and that was so difficult. I used to hate getting to that thing. He was piss hard. What about is Did that you the lightning guy? You can yes, he. He gets the lightning. Uh, you can fight him on like your horse. He's on his horse. It wouldn't you let me get on my horse. Yeah, you can not go on, on your horse. The, uh, not on the stairs up to that boss. You couldn't. Oh, maybe I'm thinking of a different one. I ran past the one where it's the two of them and they're blocking like a door. I just ran straight through and went to the site of grace. I know that's a different one. Yes. But in terms of the, the lightning guy, I fought him on my on my horse, but I might be thinking of a different one. Um, for me, my best one by an absolute country mile is Melania. And I know that people hate the Melania mm-hmm. fight. But um, I just, it was one of the only ones where it was like a proper one-on-one duel. And other than she has that really stupid eight-hit combo flurry thing, which again, I know why people hate that. Um, if you dodge like through it, you go forward um, straight through it. You can mitigate the whole thing because she just flails away from you for the rest of it, which is cool. Um, but I love that fight. I love the visual of it. I love way fire. I love the area that leads to it. And then the actual duel itself feels like a really great one-on-one duel. And I feel like her animations are like nicely easy enough to read. There's not any stupid splash damage stuff like there is with the Radigan fight, where all of a sudden the, every bit of the ground is just a one-hit kill. I feel like with the vast majority of Melania stuff, you can actually have a an actual duel with her, which is just the thing that I love the most in Dark Souls. I love like just taking advantage of the dodge rolls. Maybe you jump over a certain attack or something. And I just feel like I actually kept up with her. And so I managed to beat Melania a second time. It was with one guy summoned, but it was just that thing that I mentioned earlier about trading aggro back and forward. But it was just a really fun fight. And it was just that thing of like kiting her towards me and me going like, oh God, and dodging and fighting back and barely scraping through and then someone else getting her back the other way. And, um, and managing to finally get the last hit in where I was just, you know, when you realize that your mate's about to die, the person that you've summoned in is getting wailed on a bit too much because you're healing or something. And running in and doing one giant leaping hit to like get the win and like and manage to scrape through. And I was just sort of sat there laughing in my ill COVID state as I was just like, that, that was Melania, that. And she's she's gone now. And then just spending 10 hours helping other players get through that fight. I just, I love that thing so much. Um, worst for me, I don't really have any worst ones. I think it would just be anything that relies on just a splash damage, one hit kill. Um, I guess I can say F you to the fire giant in a, on, a, on a personal level because <laughs> F that thing. But um, yeah, I love Melania, I love Radan. Just the spectacle fights are the other ones. Riker, like you said, is a phenomenal one. Once I realized that I probably shouldn't stand in the lava, but it's, it's you've got <laughs> to get there. You've got to learn these things. Um, so yeah, we'll do more Elden Ring stuff going forward. Obviously, obviously, obviously the game is everywhere. Every single person has been talking about it. Um, I feel like it's actually outlasted the social media cycle of two weeks. It's like the only thing that's put yeah. that's managed to keep going um, alongside other stuff. But we'll check back in on Elden Ring across the year. Maybe we'll do a boss ranking or th- something like that because um, clearly there's so much to talk about and uh, the rest of this year is pretty empty in regards to the big releases anyway. Um, so we'll see how we go. For now, this has been the What Culture Gaming Podcast. I've been your host, Scott Tilford, joined by James Dows. Thank you. <laughs> ah, <Goodbye. Josh> Brown. <laughs> Praise the sun, fellas. Praise, Praise the, sun. the podcast, and we'll catch you next time. Bye bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.